Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic, a Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by Swagoy Gaming. My name is Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, Conan Hawk, Eric Hawkins, and Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. What's up, fam? Hi. You know, Brasky, I was, I always just thought you read that off, you know, off the top of your mind. I literally just reread the top of our show notes Wait. and realized it's verbatim. You didn't know he's No, I thought he just like rattled it off every time the same way. I just no. realized that it was written down. Is that why you were highlighting it? <laughs> that's literally why I just realized that. That's funny you noticed no, that, too. So I was like, oh, oh no. no. See, you see, and here's and here's the ending too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and here's in my thought process, I see someone highlighting the Google Doc as I'm reading it, and the first person that pops into my mind is like, someone's trying to distract me and throw me off, throw me off my game, Caroline. Well, <laughs> I do not like this accusation. <laughs> he wasn't even doing it in the right like um, what's the word when you? It wasn't word? like karaoke. No, like the way the words flow from like, cadence, like a saying, teleprompter yeah. cadence. Yeah. So if I was going to do it, I was going to do it in the right cadence. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Sean, I'll, I'll let you, I'll actually let you into a secret. Uh, so this is you know we we look at we have show notes that we produce this podcast with that we look on to make sure that we are you know staying on topic and that we're focusing on what we need to focus on. Uh, but what Sean doesn't know is that I have an entirely separate Google document that has every <laughs> single word I say on this podcast verbatim, word for word. I even anticipate when we're going to go off the rails. And right now, these words are on a Google Doc because I figured, you know, today I think Caroline might mess with it. Now, Sean, you messed with it, but still, I adjusted, and here we are today. <laughs> Hold on. You so you had, you had writing down about Caroline not messing with you but sean messing with you but you thinking that caroline was messing with you but john is that's My crazy poor name is being drink, drunk through, <laughs> <drugged> through the <laughs> no <laughs> drags through the mud a lot and i don't like it hold on let me check my show notes real quick uh okay personal show notes Caroline, no, everything's fantastic. Don't worry how muddy you actually get. Well, man, took a shot in the dark and got that right. <laughs> no, I was hoping it's more like a choose-your-own-adventure. You have all of the options written out on all the Google Sheets. So it's like we get to the bottom and you're like, okay, Caroline talked about mud. Turn to page 54. Okay. It's true. I actually put some macros in, so it's actually just a big flow chart. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So it's like it's like oh, we dragged Caroline's name through the, the mud. Click the that, in, click that bubble, and now I'm in this section. Great, we're good. The further down the rabbit hole we're getting here, the more and more convinced I'm getting that Brasky actually has this uh, <laughs> as to how well he's describing this whole situation. Well, he he like, does all the talking, right? So he sort of makes sense that he can plan this all out. Yeah, it's actually just one big mind control device that I've been putting together this whole time. I was just going to say, you've been sub sending us subliminal messaging the entire night somehow to get us on this track. <laughs> it's absolutely true. In fact, if you listen to the last five episodes in reverse, you'll hear my <laughs> awesome deck list for a sweet Grixis deck. <laughs> what is it? Strawberry Fields kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Did you guys see Alexander Haynes' tweet about what deck he was going to play at the PT? No. No. Like, did no one get it? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Like, weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I saw the, the mono black thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, I saw that. A mono black list. 
that was a, a large array of unplayable black cards. And half the people that got the like saw the tweet was like, this is weird. Like, does Hayne not want to win? What's going on? And the other half understood the joke <laughs> and thought it was great. So what he did is he built his deck list and he spelled a message with the first letter of each word. So I think I think it said like Black Lives Matter or something. Yeah. Was what it said. But like if you look at all the comments, half the people for sure are just like, Hey Hayne, are you okay? Why are you not playing a good deck? <laughs> and the other half is like like, Oh, I totally agree, this deck is sweet. Good job, Hayne. <laughs> like, Wait, what? <laughs> it was really fun. It was very good. Well, that's yeah, it. Somebody, yeah, I just somebody also that. like that's one awesome. of my favorite comments on it was like Somebody was like asking him, like, was this the thing? And then yeah. he responded with like, maybe was the first letter of each of the the cards that he put underneath it. And it was like, oh, that's nice. That was fun. That's a way to make that's a way to make a statement because the only person that would look at that deck list and not see the the inherent spelling that he was doing there, I'm looking at it going, ooh, mono black bullets of citadel. Count me in. It's good though. Like it's yeah. it's subtle enough where that you don't see it right away you're just like wow why is Hayne like playing a weird deck well regardless of whether or not i am actually putting subliminal messages into this podcast uh i do know that uh well we start this podcast off just the same way we always do because well maybe i've just subliminally told you all that that's what we need to do every single time and that is tell me how your week in magic has been conan hawk how was your week in magic uh it was all right um the last weekend i played in both the scg event and the MIQ, I did pretty poor, but I mean, like, that's, like, fine. I, I played Jun Food in both of them. I felt like I was, like, prepared. I, I you know, was ready, but I, in in reality, I, I like, didn't play super great. I, I still feel like I need to practice a little bit more, but I think a lot of that has to do with, I don't know, I guess, like, being a little bored with Standard. Um, I feel like everything's kind of figured out and stuff like that, so hopefully I'm going to be, with the M21 coming out, that I'll have... You know, be rejuvenated and stuff like that. And uh, I found that I've been playing a lot better in my mind. Like my my play has been a more crisp by playing some historic this week. So wait, historic has kind of relit it a little bit. You've only been playing well in your mind. Yeah, I like I only like play in my magic? mind. Magic. You're just <laughs> yeah. like, and I draw a forest and I play turn one goose go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how great all my hands are when I play <laughs> by myself and in my mind. You know, I, I gotta say, uh, Conan Hawk. I mean, we we will touch on this topic a little bit later on, but one of the things that really improved my game was the fact that I know that when I play in my head, I always win. Yeah, <laughs> I I still can't. I don't know. It just it doesn't work. <laughs> I just always have the answer. I haven't translated mine to real world actual winning, but you know it, it's gonna get there eventually, right? That, that's exactly yeah. it, it. Really, that's the that's the first five episodes of the subliminal messaging on the podcast was that it's really. I'm hoping my opponents are listening to it, and I'm just slowly playing backwards. Please concede to me. I really need this. That's kind of just <laughs> what happens through there. But what I also really need right now is to know how Sean's weekend magic has been. Sean, how was your week? That's me. Uh, my week's been pretty good. I mean, I haven't been playing too much Magic. I started playing Historic the other day because Standard's kind of not super appealing to me. So I've been playing Historic and actually jamming out in that format. I'm loving it. Um, playing a lot of Nexus of Fate. Tried Gruel. Not my cup of tea, but I see why people like the deck. But I'm loving Historic right now. Trying to make top 1200 this month. I got a week to do it. So I think we can do it. Yeah, I got to say this as someone who is, of course, like the, the more casual player on the podcast. I'm very interested in Historic, but my one qualm is that do I need the the anthologies to really make a, a good deck in Historic? No, uh, like the, the big thing is, is like, 
I think you, if you have wild cards, you can like build like the extra cards that you need. Like very rarely do you need more than a couple, like one or two of the anthology cards. And like a lot of the one that you're gonna get are like commons and uncommons anyway. So I like I I bought the most recent one, but I also crafted some stuff from the older ones. Um, and I don't think I needed to buy the newest one either. Gotcha. I think I, I've probably just been able to make it. That's important yeah. to note, be, just because, like most Magic players, I have uh, 55,422 common wild cards. I have <laughs> 628,529 uncommon wild cards, 500,000 mythic wild cards, and one rare wild card. <laughs> that sounds about right. Okay, <laughs> I knew there was a joke, but I, I did want to interrupt. So two things. One, it really does depend on your account. If you if you find yourself only being able to build one deck of format, then you probably will need the anthologies to make any progress. Like I don't really want you like if you only have blue white on your deck and then you want to play Gruel, you, you'll just need too many wild cards. So you might not like it might just not be for you. That's fine. Like a free to play account I think can't really support too many different decks. But I have an actual super big tangent. We are going into a new set, so I want to tell people before the new set comes out, including myself, so I remember that I said this. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Thursday morning, you're going to open up your Arena account, and you're going to be really excited if you pre-ordered, especially if you pre-ordered your M21 packs, or if you just play a couple of matches and start getting M21 packs, you're going to be so excited to open them. At least I know I will be. I want you to do one thing first. I want you to go... I'll try and make this easier, at least for y'all here, but I always forget. You need to go in and build a deck in your account. And what you do is you build a deck with all the common or all the uncommons of M21. Four X of each. Okay? Okay. Don't, it won't let you save the deck. You just, like, drag them all. It, it takes, it's a lot of clicking. Just put on some TV, do it. It takes, like, five minutes. Sounds good. And then craft them all. So it's going to take like a hundred, it's going to take like 200 wild cards or so of each thing. So if this might not work on a free-to-play account, I'm not sure. But on an account like mine, it's very easy to do after each set. So you craft them all, then you start opening up your packs, and you're going to give a huge booster shot to your uh, vault progress. Because if you open up your 100 packs, your 50 packs, even your random price packs throughout the week as you play... They're going to speed up your vault progress because you have all of the commons and uncommons already of each set, of the, of that new set, uh, and then therefore speeding up your thing will get you more rare wild cards, which will, which will get you back to where you want to be. Breaking the system with Caroline Cavanaugh. That's you have to you do, do it before you open your hunter backs and not after, like I've done every set, <laughs> even though I know about it for the last two years. <laughs> every time I'm like, oh god damn it. <laughs> I also have a very important. Thing for your uh, all of our listeners if you have any vault progress over a hundred percent i need all of those clips sent to caroline no, uh, that's no. the at no. mighty linguini on twitter no. uh she loves those pictures no, thank I you oh, there's one streamer is it uh, uh Deathsy? Deathsy has it at like a thousand percent and every time it gets posted eric make sure to send it to me <laughs> All he does is draft, so it's like he's just got every card in existence. Open the goddamn button. See that's see, but that's the thing. He's probably gonna they're probably gonna let it get to a certain point, and then they're gonna make a big deal out of it, and everyone's gonna be in the stream for when they click the vault, and then they I click the vault. 
Yeah, and then the <laughs> moment they click the vault, the client will the client will crash. Didn't like a Moz do that or something? Like, there's a Hearthstone. That was Crip. Crip is only yeah. he was an arena only streamer, and he had something in the range of like six hundred thousand dust available to him if he took away all of the extra cards that he had. And so yeah. he made like I think like a charity stream out of it, where if he raised a certain That's amount awesome. of money, he'd push the button, and then he did, and he pressed it, and nothing happened because the client froze. <laughs> and then he opened it back up and then he looked and all the dust was in his account i was like well that was the most anticlimactic thing ever <laughs> what, one of my favorite clips is jarvis accidentally he used to do like he would oh, like, you if, you would do, yeah, if you would if you do something he would open a chest right and uh on magic online and so he was like okay i'm gonna open a chest and he accidentally clicked on open all and he opened like a hundred and something chests oh, by accident when he only meant to open one. Jarvis tricked me into doing that the other day. I will say I appreciate the UI of of, of uh, Magic Arena just because I will not make the mistake that I have made in Hearthstone. And that is new set comes out. Super awesome. Got all this gold saved up. Click, click, buy all these packs. Awesome. Crap. I bought the classic set. <laughs> oh, I got really upset because the last when Ikoria was coming out, there's like you have two fifty dollar pre order options. The one is like the mastery pass one, and the other one's like buy fifty packs for fifty dollars. I just like wasn't thinking one day, and I was like, oh, I'll just buy the fifty dollar pre order bonus. So like uh-huh. I buy it, and it's the mastery pass one. I'm like, oh my god, son mm-hmm. of. A-. So like I opened, I got in day one of Icoria, and I just had no packs of Icoria when I should have had fifty. But oh, no. boy, I got to like twenty five mastery pass or something like that's, that. See, but that's the thing. That's why people listen to this podcast, amongst many things that we provide, is to learn what not to do during your pre order and how to break the system. And Caroline, when you're not breaking the system of Magic Arena, what else were you doing this past week in Magic? Uh, this past week in Magic, uh, Saturday was not a Magic day. I was hanging out with a very cute four year old day instead. Nice. Little, little little Super Wings birthday party. That's a kid's TV show, and I had a great time playing with all the Super Wings toys that I bought for the kid. <laughs> but for, I made the, myself indispensable because I knew how to... They're Transformers, so I knew how to transform them. Nice. So I got to play with them. I got to work hard on them and make sure that they worked for yeah, the yeah, child. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I told It's me. like when you buy Legos for your little cousin. Like You're not playing with them. You're helping them play with them. Oh, no, I buy, I buy Legos. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, yeah, not a magic day. And then actually, like, really not a magic day. Like, I got up early and I wrapped presents and baked cake or baked, like, something. Like, I really didn't play magic, which was, like, so impressive for me. And then Sunday I cast a set roulette tournament. It's our third attempt at it. It was pretty cool. It was the, you know, third attempt does mean, like, I kind of know what to expect um, I spent a little bit more time figuring out what the meta will look like. But I will say that this was the first time where I think a lot of the cards, there were some key cards that really went by my head. Like the last few sets have had cards like Mana Drain or Mind Twist or like a bunch of Zombies cards that I just recognized. Whereas this set had this stupid like swans of something or other. It like hurts my brain just to think about what the heck that card does. Is that the one you um, flame jab and you draw a bunch of cards? Yeah. Rinse yeah. goal or something like that? You yeah. seismic assault it. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, you seismic Or chain of plasma it. Yeah, chain of plasma was, was in this set. And then there was also like this demigod card that I was like, wait, what? And that there was a lot more to learn. But it was really Crypto Command wasn't in your thing, right? What? Crypto Command wasn't in your thing, right? No, no. Oh, okay. 
Dude, I did hear about that though. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what Eric's talking about. So demigod is a hybrid five times of black red. So like black red, black, like five mana. Oh yeah. I know. And it says when you cast this card from your hand, return any copies of demigod from your graveyard to the battlefield. So what the players in this tournament did was they built like a uh, buried alive deck. So buried alive is three mana. Uh, put any number. It put three creatures into your graveyard, right? Yeah. So people would go to their deck, put three copies of Demigod, and then hopefully somehow draw the next, you know, the fourth. Or there was another combination, but it didn't really matter. So they cast the fourth one from their hand. And when they would cast it, then the three would return from their graveyard to the battlefield. And this this happened a couple times, and it was a really cool combo. They're like a five five mana, five, four flying haste. So yes. pretty, pretty cool card. Like 20 damage is like a, a kill. But during one of the breaks, I was down in the living room, and the guys were like, "Hey, Caroline, how how do you think that card works with a counter spell?" <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "I I don't know. It's like it's, they're like, okay, okay. Here, say, say this happens. You go cast my Debbie God, and I go mana leak it or cryptic commander or whatever. Yeah. What do you think happens? Depends on when you probably cast it. If and the I, was like, cast- I don't know that the cast triggers resol- resolve, and he's like, "Well, it depended back in the day." But the default solution was you would you would get to your card be countered, so it'd go into the graveyard, and then you go okay cast triggers, and all four are in the graveyard, so you return all four yep. and attack. There was a which is not how it works anymore because I believe you, the cast triggers have already like they've gone on the stack once you have said counter. But anyway, I mean, like it would still thing. it would still work. I think they just flipped the way that the the default. Yeah. They just believe you would say that the res- the trigger has resolved. Exactly. Like the person who was countering the spell to to get around that, you just be very clear. You're like, yeah. You're like the triggers are resolving. Now I'd like to counter your spell. Yeah. Because it is a caster. But anyway, the whole thing apparently was just like a ridiculous show back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The reason I brought up Cryptic Command is I I've heard stories of somebody go uh, cast Demi got a revenge and they're like, I'll Cryptic Command tap your team thinking that they would counter the creature and tap the, th- the ones coming from the graveyard. Oh. And then they, but they didn't specify, <laughs> so then it got countered. All of the creatures in play got tapped, and then the demigods came back and killed them. <laughs> that was kind of rough if you didn't have any creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> tournament was great. One of the th- one of the quick highlights was we had, we have, like, someone come on and say, like, oh, you know, here's some cool decks that I saw at the tournament. And this time it was Sam Black. And Sam Black came on and kind of said, this was my, what I consider the best deck. And it was just the deck that won the tournament. Like, afterward, Like, he he claims it before, like, at the end of round six. Yeah. And then it just won the whole thing. And, and I thought that was, like, a really cool, like, wow, well done, Sam. Like, calling your shots there for sure. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was certainly a lot of fun. It was... Uh, Caroline and uh, Sidetrack and I believe Power Dragon were uh, the three in the casting seat, and then I got to run production for it, and that was a super fun time, and it, it's really enjoyable just to see uh, how much people dig the format of, uh, of Set Roulette that the Mythic Society does. It was just uh, really cool to see, hey, here's six random sets, uh, put some put some awesome decks together, and even though I had no idea what was going on, I still had a good time. Which there is, was like 64 people, right? Oh, yeah. It was a 64-person tournament. It was really, really good. Really, really fun. Well, it, it was a very eventful weekend, to say the least. An eventful week for all of us in many different ways as we 
uh, continue on and kind of get ready for M21 as it comes out. And there's, speaking of M21, there's a lot of things happening on the horizon for Magic Arena, for the release of M21, from Jumpstart, all of that kind of stuff, which is why we like to go to our news section. And this week, the news section is going to be brought to you by Mr. Toolshed, Sean Gallagher. We'll see if Eric puts in music here, but if not, it's news with Sean. Yeah. Hey, that's me. Um, so this week we have a historic tournament on Sunday by the Mythic Society. Myself, I believe Caroline and Paiu are going to be covering it along with Sidetrack doing production. And then we have, so that's on Sunday with Mythic Society. Come hang out. Uh, we have M21's early content creator program. That's tomorrow, or I guess it's technically going to be the 24th. So it'll be bef before this podcast comes out. But there is a Twitch blackout, so I don't believe any of us are going to be streaming it, but we will be chatting in our personal discords and in the Svegoy Discord hanging out. Um, and then we have the arena release of M21 on June 25th. Uh, arena on Mac comes out this week on the 25th as well. Then on Saturday, we have the VML tournament, a CFB Pro Showdown, and a Mana Traders event on Saturday. So busy weekend coming up. Yeah, that's all. I mean, I'm loving every little last bit of it. I haven't, it's weird because I haven't felt, and maybe it's just because I've been, you know, cramped up at home and, and uh, you know, with all the, the pandemic stuff that's going on as well, that I haven't felt the same, like, oh, release hype kind of, it's, it's this week, that kind of feeling. And then I realized, like, as you're talking through stuff, I'm like, oh, that's this week. Oh, man, that's coming out on Thursday. Oh man, I got to pre-order this. Oh man, I got to look at cards. I got to look at decks. Like, oh man, now I'm looking and now I'm now I'm panicked and saying, "Oh, there's so much I don't know. I got to catch up on everything." That's it hasn't felt like a typical like gearing up to release season kind of kind of uh kind of week for me. And now you reading through it, I'm like, "Yes, I'm ready to go. Let's do it." Yeah, the one nice thing is just it's a core set, so there's not going to be anything too groundbreaking happening. I mean, we have hounds that are dogs now, and we have a bunch of cats in the set. That's about the most exciting thing we got, though. I, I think, like, one of the weird things for me, I don't know what they call that, like, set release fatigue, I guess, is kind of, like, a real thing. But I, I felt like it was, like, M21, two or three weeks ago, they were, like, you know, hyping it up. We and Then we finally got the full spoiler. And then, like, the next day, they were, like, here's some jumpstart stuff. And I was, like, what happened to M21? Like, you know, like, I, I kind of wish they would have, like, separated it. M21, when it came out, We'd have had a couple of days with it, and then they'd have been like, "Okay, now here's Jumpstart, right?" Because like I think that 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 for me personally kind of killed a little bit of it. It was kind of like, "Okay, we're done talking about the set that hasn't even come out yet. Let's talk about this other thing." Also, it just feels like Ikoria came out like three days ago, so <laughs> at least it does to me. What? No way, <laughs> Sean! It can't. Think of how much in your life has changed since Ikoria came out. <laughs> <laughs> I will true. no. I, I'm actually going to go in the boat with Sean on this one. I mean, it's felt like a Corey has been here well, for a bit, but a hole in the boat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Our boat's nice. Caroline just <laughs> has her own little boat. That's okay. They literally like like we literally had a different format, right? Since since Icoria came out, there was the format with companions <laughs> and Luca, and then a format without him. I know. I just. Sets change so fast nowadays, it feels like. Also, just it's weird because like it feels like they change so fast, and then it feels like standards been the same for 14 years. So I don't know. I'm really bent out of shape about it. We have no concept of time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like cool. if someone told me, hey Caroline, it's actually November 1st, 2020. There's been a crazy data error with the phones, 
we're, we were all being told the wrong date. I'd be like, that explains so much. <laughs> I understand now. Yes, time makes sense again. So I don't know. I don't not understand how these past three months have been fast for you, and then a quarter just came out. It's like uh, major cell phone uh, companies were DDoS the other day. It's like they changed every clock to move like four seconds slower. So each day is now like 28 hours or something. <laughs> All of these things, if they were told they're not theories, they're really true, I'd be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> okay, everything makes sense now. I understand. I could see that national announcement coming, except it's not from like any actual politician or official. It's just from some IT guy. He's got his hands on his hips, and he's just on all the news stations going, all right, here's the thing. Uh, no, 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 no. He's not, he's not happy to be there. Like, he's no. pushed forward. No, exactly. And he's just like, uh, so... We had, we had an issue with the phones. We had an issue with the phones, and it turns out it's actually November 4th. Uh, you just, like, you're moving along. <laughs> it's like the Hawaii. Do you remember the Hawaii missile thing where it's like, yeah, the password was on a post-it, a stick to, stuck to the front of my computer, and my little brother got onto it somehow. <laughs> just adjusted the clock. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's about what it's going to be right there. And that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I will say, Sean, I at least, I don't know, for some reason, I can I can hear what you're saying because for some reason on my end, Throne of Eldraine felt like it lasted forever. And Ikoria has been around but it's still, it did, It doesn't feel like it's been around for as long as Eldraine was out. For some reason, nothing, that one felt like forever. Nothing was as long as Ixalan. Nothing. Mm. Not really? anything. Ixalan was so oh, I loved Ixalan. freaking long. Did Ixalan have approach of the second son? Dude, oh. you want to know the best thing about Ixalan? Legion's Landing. Yeah. Oh, search for his Kanta. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good standard. Card. I love me some Legion's Landing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a search for Iskanta. I mean, that should just, I, I, I think that should just be in every magic set that ever gets released. You know, it's kind of like. Uh, the colossal Dreadma effect. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in all of them. That's what I want to see. Because if I did have search for Iskanta and everything, I would actually feel much more comfortable in the game. I would feel like, okay, I, I, I know what I'm doing. I can look at all my top cards. I can decide what I'm doing beforehand. Or if I want to put it, the you know, if I want to put that in my graveyard, like that card just enabled all the decks that I love to play, and it took me a while to learn how to play those decks uh, because I was constantly making mistakes as I was kind of beginning my magic journey a lot of different ways, and it took me a while to kind of to learn and to get better at the game and to level up, as as we like to say, which is kind of the topic that we want to focus on this week is the leveling up moments in our path playing Magic: The Gathering, how we learn some big things, how we create big experiences that have lasting impacts on us, or just different ways of thinking about the game uh, that just took us being on this journey to get there, as opposed to things that you maybe necessarily, some stuff you can read in an article and then learn from there, some stuff you have to experience and you go from there. Uh, other times, it's just something where you get a light bulb moment and say, oh, I've been approaching this whole thing wrong. And that's what we want to talk about this week, is what are your level up moments that you can remember uh, as you play the game of Magic the Gathering. And Caroline, why don't you start us off? Uh, okay, so this topic was pretty tricky because I think it refers to so many different things. Like, like if you break it down from when you learned how to play Magic, like the first thing you learned to do was to draw your card for turn and then play a land. I don't know if that's how you were taught, but I was told, like, draw your, you know, draw your hand, do you have a land, play it. Then if you have a creature, play it. 
And then when you learned, like, you know, a couple months later or whatever, and you're just like, oh, I don't have to play my land. In fact, maybe I shouldn't play my land. That was like a level up moment. Or playing your creatures pre-combat and, and then learning to play them post-combat instead. That's a level up moment. So there's a lot of things like that that just natural. Like, if you if you kind of took the time to sit down and be like, hey, like, when I was learning magic, what are the stages I learned things in? You'll you'll discover a ton of level up moments about yourself. But those, I believe, would be shared amongst all of us like at some point i imagine brasky was playing your creatures before combat and now you're just like at this podcast right now you're like oh i can play them after combat <laughs> just kidding don't play creatures um, no, no, I was no. Like, say creatures everybody 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 shut up i'm taking notes <laughs> okay so, so those kind of things are great and and we could definitely d- dive deeper into them if we wanted to but what i was picturing more for these level up moments are moments where i you know, was playing magic and thought, oh, this is what they meant. And by they, it's not a person. It's not even like, it's just this idea like, oh, I, you know, if I like, oh, my, my opponent has four mana up and two of them are white. They might have settle. Well, that's what they mean by playing around a card. Like those kind of moments are also really huge. Um, and a couple of mine are kind of related just to like, I, I, it's awkward because I can't remember what I said last time on the podcast, but they're related to my how I learned how to play Magic, like like my progression in Magic. Like a really, really, really big one for me was at my local store, you know, I'm only playing draft. The first couple drafts I do, I've got like the store, like organizer helping me. So, you know, I'm doing all that. And then I start playing weekly. I, you know, I do like, I, I get a win here and there. I'm starting to go two and one. It's really exciting. But then this pattern develops. And this pattern is I sit down at 2 and 0 at a draft every freaking week and I'm playing against Bill. And it's not you, Brasky, just so you know, uh, in case you were wondering. And Bill, every week, he's, oh my gosh. Like, I'm not even young. I was like 26, but I swear I was like this eight year old kid. I couldn't even like converse with him. I was so nervous. This magic player is sitting in front of me flicking his cards so freaking fast <laughs> i hadn't even learned to do the card flicking thing yet um and you know just like attacking and blocking and countering in like in my opinion too fast in fact when i developed my voice which took a while i eventually said hey bill i'd appreciate it if you played at a pace that i could follow like i understand that you know what's going on but i have no idea so when you do that i'm gonna have to ask you to undo it to show me what you did <laughs> it's just gonna slow us all down <laughs> so you know once we got all through that then, you know, we're actually having games, and sometimes we go to game three and stuff, but I still always lost, and I was so freaking annoyed. Anytime I'd look at the thing, I'd be like, oh, I'm playing Bill, I'm just gonna lose. And that's when things, you know, that's when things go downhill. It's like, your mindset, at first you're like this little eager, like, beaver, you're like, I got this, I can beat him. And then eventually you're like, oh no, I can't. And that's, like, that was a big issue for me. And so eventually, obviously, um, I bested the Bill, the end boss of all end bosses of that tiny store in that tiny corner of the whole world. And once I did that, then that, you know, that mental wall falls down. Now I can play Bill in a normal way. We play at a little faster speed too. And we're having conversation level up, level up moment for me. Like I can legitimately remember the day I beat him. Like it was such a huge thing. I like to point out that Bill did win a Grand Prix. 
So I'm gonna take some credit for that and be like, hey, <laughs> I, it's not just some random dude. Like he was actually a very good magic player. And so that's like the type of moment. And I, I'm glad you picked me to go first. So I got to explain that a little bit, but that's the moments that I'm picturing. Like what, when did you do something or like, what did you accomplish in, in magic that you're just like, ah, that makes sense. I, I get it now. Um, so that's mine. I, I have more, but I figured maybe we'll go like around and around and around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, I'm just going to kind of just attack on with that. I, I, I know that feeling exactly uh, the way you say, because I remember the first time I attended any type of in-person event was a sealed. And, you know, I have my friends helping me to build my deck. I'm putting together stuff. I'm trying to do the usual. It's OK. Let's get rid of the garbage cards. Let's put these cards together, putting something of a semblance of a deck. And then my friends helping me with a lot of the core stuff that I don't know. Like, how many lands do I need? How am I, what am I doing here? And friends are just being like, get this many islands, get this many I uh, planes and put it all okay cool and i'm sitting down just going all right well i'm just gonna have fun and i'm gonna get rolled i'm gonna go oh and whatever and it's gonna be fine and i sat down against my opponent and they were very nice and they really i like let them know it's like hey this is my first time playing an in-person event so they were really cool about just me like taking my time with stuff but at the end of the day uh, i ended up winning 2-0 against him and i was like oh my gosh i i won and i was like i was saying like good game and like but i literally said i won and he and I didn't mean it as like a rubbing kind of thing. He's like, no, yeah, no, you won, dude. And he was also like a little bit like, oh, my God, I just lost to a dude. He just played for his very first time in person. Like, what is my life right now? And he could he was both very nice, but I could also tell just a little salty at the same time. But after that moment, I was like, oh, OK, OK, I can play this game a little bit. I can at least like hold my own, even if I don't know exactly what I'm doing. And even though I might going to go up against a high alert deck that just absolutely kicks my butt the next time around. And I have no idea what that card even does. But it was a nice moment of, of kind of pushing forward and, and leveling up in that way. Eric, what was what was your big level up moment? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm the greatest person to ask on this. I'm kind of the opposite way. Uh, so like Caroline brought up the like the, you know, you have all these like small, like little itty bitty, like playing your land, uh, when to play your land, when to play your creatures and stuff like that. I guess I just like I never really thought of the lessons as any different. So like I don't know like I like I thought about it a lot. I thought about this like for the last couple couple of days since we had it up and stuff like that. There's like some things that I guess maybe are bigger than others. Um, I remember you know like the first time somebody told me that like a deck wasn't sixty cards, you know, and like that that sounds like really simple, right? A deck isn't sixty cards; it's seventy five cards because like we play sixty cards then a sideboard, and then it was just like yeah, duh, I have seventy five cards in this deck box, and then like it was like no 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 no. What it is is all of those cards are your deck, and you just choose the sixty that you present in the in game one, and then the fifteen are on the side, and then you then present a different deck of sixty cards for the next game. But it's really part of your seventy-five card deck, right? So it's like it's just these fifteen cards go out against this deck because they're not as good, right? Like so, you're constructing your deck differently, and I think that's probably a bigger lesson, but it's like I don't, like or like a harder lesson, I guess, to understand. But it's not bigger than playing your creature after combat right like um for like for everybody that you know played back in 2002 <clears throat> there was a card called wing shards which was white white and a generic mana for uh target player sacrifices an attacking creature but it had storm so if you played a bunch of spells in your first combat or like your first main phase and then attacked it was like instead of sacrificing one creature you sacrifice like three creatures right and like everybody kind of real like learned from that moment right so like that, like maybe those were like the leveling up moments that we're looking for, but it's just like, I feel like 
every time I play a game of Magic, I'm looking for that wing shards thing. I'm like, you know, why would I, you know, like, like for instance, currently in Standard, it's like one of the things that I learned was like sacrificing Cauldron Familiar on my turn and keeping it in my graveyard so that my opponent can't cast Cry of the Carnarium, which is like weirdly worded so that even if I sacrifice my cat in response to Cry, it removes it from the graveyard and just like leave it into my graveyard. So like those are the things that I'm always looking for in, in games. And then when I like lose a game or even if I win a game where I didn't feel like where I felt like maybe there's like a weird decision, I was always trying to figure out like what those decisions were. And but like, I don't know, like, I guess my my whole rant a little bit is like, I don't know if those if like the small learn learning is like as big as the the harder lessons or if they're like the same. In my mind, I, I believe they're the same, but I, I'm not 100 percent like I, I mean. Like, uh, like uh, the vast majority of people, like, you know, are, are big on the, the level up moments. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct in the same way that uh, leveling up can be can be really anything. You know, it, it can be those big, huge uh, uh, turning moments or turning points in, in how we play the game. But it's also having we need to kind of have the same mindset, no matter how huge that moment is, big or small, is that every opportunity to play the game is an opportunity to learn something new. And in doing so, even if it's. A, maybe a relatively minor interaction about a certain deck that you play, or it is understanding a core mechanic of the game. The, both of those things are level up moments in and of themselves. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Sean, what's what's the moments that you look back on and say, okay, these these were parts where yes, I totally leveled up as a player, whether it would be big or small. Yeah, I think um, my, I have a couple, but I think the big one for me was. And I remember Eric's actually at this tournament. I had been to a couple of GPs at this point in my life, but the big one was GP Omaha. I think it was the year 2014 or 15, maybe, where uh, Blue Red Delver and Treasure Cruise was the best deck in modern, right? Hockey, I'm, do you remember what year that was? I think it was like 14, probably. Um, it sounds correct. It was Kons of Tarki, right? Yeah, somewhere yeah, around that. Around that. It's around that era. Yeah. Anyway. So I had been to a couple of Grand Prix, you know, burned out a couple times. And GP Omaha was the first tournament where I decided I was going to put some effort into my deck and, you know, kind of take Magic as more of a... I wanted to look at Magic more competitively than I was at the time. So I spent some time working on my deck. And I ended up kind of in a rough spot day one. But I was, I was at three and two. And at that time, you needed to play nine rounds... And you needed to go uh, seven two or better to day two, and I remember being three and two and just talking to my friends and going, you know what, I really need to rally right now. And you know, my friends hyped me up a little bit. I was able to get myself out of the rut, and I was able to rally and get those last four wins uh, on day one to make day two of the Grand Prix. That was the first Grand Prix I ever day two. So I was playing Blue Moon, which at the time I had put. A bunch of burn spells in my deck for Delver of Secrets, knowing that it was the best deck at the time. And then Birthing Pod was also the best deck. So I also had some, you know, weird cards of like Shadow of Doubt on my deck and stuff like that. But I also had this card called Vidalcan Shackles, which, you know, took a creature and, you know, did all kinds of cool things. But I felt like I'd made a really good meta, meta call and I had built my deck to beat Delver. And I played Delver out of nine rounds on day one. I played Delver six or seven times and I beat them all. So that was really awesome. So I was feeling really good going into day two. And then day two came around and I just won three more rounds right away. And then I ended up at one point in the tournament, 10 and two, which is at that point had been the best Grand Prix record I had ever had. And I just remember thinking to myself that this is why 
I play magic. You know, this is, this is the best feeling in the world. This is like, you know, all of my hard work has come to fruition, you know, all those hours of testing and, you know, all that hard work and card choices and stuff like that was finally coming together for me. And I ended up top 32 in that Grand Prix, you know, which is kind of, you know, I mean, it's still a good record, but at 10 and 2, I was hoping, you know, win the whole Grand Prix. I mean, like everyone does, but I just remember that being one of the biggest level up moments for me was finally, after putting in all the hard work, you know, testing and, you know, play testing all the time. And it finally just all coming together for me. And it was one of the reasons why I got into competitive magic. Cause after that, that Grand Prix was the one that like kind of spiked my, I guess, competitive sense that I, I kept playing a lot more Grand Prix after that. And I, I would tribute GP Omaha to that a lot. Yeah. It's that moment. It's a level up moment, but it's like a video game. If you get the, get the power up and you're like, Hey, awesome. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. <clears throat> But you also get that sense that oh I I can do this I can do these things yeah. I have this ability and that's that's a that's a whole nother piece of level up moment is you know uh, is that confidence thing it's much like Caroline talked about in in her level up moment it's having that ability to say hey you know what hey I can do this thing and I I didn't know if I could or I didn't maybe even thought I couldn't and yet here we are and I can and now I just have a different mindset I have a different way of approaching the game. Uh, when I attend these events, that's, that's a huge level up moment in and of itself. Yeah, it was definitely rewarding. And I mean, like I said, it was one of the reasons, and I still look back very fondly on that tournament. I mean, it was like, you know, it's, it's, you feel on top of the world when you're running hot and it was just a really super fun tournament for me. And, you know, I had all my friends around and it was definitely just really a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm with you. You know, for me, it's, it's going to be uh, a, a lot of different stuff that, when I think of level up moments, again, I, I'm very much I'm much newer to the game uh, for stuff like this, and so for me, it's really thinking about uh, much like Caroline talked about is understanding the basics of the game. That was my first steps of the level up moments was understanding things like sequencing in Magic and how that's very different than a lot of other card games about when you do stuff and why you do it uh, when you do it, and that was something that uh, I never really thought about. I was always just thinking about okay, what card do I play? Uh, that will be the strongest card, and I'll just play it right away and go. That was the first step. Uh, but I know what, like, I, I can see the level up moments ha in front of me that I want to hit, that I want to get to, and that's going to be, like, you know, doing well at, like, local game store events and when I can play a little local game store. But I know the one big level up thing that I want to hit, what's the power up that's in front of me that I need to get to? Uh, and it seems kind of goofy and simple at the same time, but also just kind of, like, I feel like I will have a much better understanding of the game if I can do it. Building good mana bases that is a level up thing that i need to get to both in like limited or if i ever want to make my own deck is is what amount of mana what color and why because i have a good idea of why by watching how other people do it and then i'll show it to somebody else and I have to make some minor adjustments but getting getting to a point where i can build my own constructed deck or even then just if i'm playing limited and looking at how i'm putting this deck together and understanding immediately what kind of mana base i need and why uh, that's that's kind of my next step in the journey as well. It's a simple thing, but I feel if I get a really good handle of it, I'll have I'll have it leveled up in a very core part of the game. Um, so I kind of want to build on that a little bit and and highlight sort of the negative approaches to level up moments. So one of the things that I did when I first started playing, um, and this I did talk about last time, but you know, play at your local store, you keep playing, you know, play the same thing, and then like. I took a bus, literally like took a bus to be like, 
oh, there's other places I could play Magic. There's other ways so constructed. Uh, I can buy cards for my deck. What is this world that I found myself into? So I talked about that, how that was a big moment for me. But what that world led to was this, like, accidental, like, ladder that I created for myself where I decided that I needed to achieve certain things in Magic to be considered that I was doing better at them. For example, this was in the PPTQ era, so I needed to play in PPTQs. I needed to win a PPTQ. Then once I did, I needed to do well at the RPTQ, uh, or I needed to win local events. And I, I put a lot, a lot of pressure on achieving these rungs on my ladder, which I did. Like, I did some of these things, but eventually, like the gap between each rung, like when you first start, like imagine doing a tutorial of a video game, tutorial, like you, you achieve all these things so quickly. You're like, oh yes, I play my creatures post main phase. I know not to drop my land drop, maybe discard a card, hold a card for discard. Like I, I'm getting all these things. I'm winning a tournament. I'm going, I'm traveling to a Grand Prix. Yeah, these are so great. And then suddenly the next rung is so far away. Like, what is it? Is it qualify for the PT? Is it win a Grand Prix? Is it top eight? Like what? Eventually you run out of these achievements or they become, they can't really become tied to you anymore. Like they're, they're just things that might happen. And that got, that was really hard for me to deal with. Like there wasn't a bill to beat at the store anymore. Like I, I had already beaten him and it's like, oh no, what do I do now? So the, yeah, the only thing I, I caution is Spend time reflecting on your level up moments, be proud of them, and kind of shift a little bit more to what Eric is doing, which is see, like, spending every day trying to do something new, like, just trying to, like, improve each, whether it's your matchup or your ladder climb or arena cube, like, just, like, appreciate the small things that are happening when you're playing and then kind of move away from bigger picture stuff. Unless that works for you and then, you know, do whatever you want. But for me, I had to like erase my ladder. Like it, it, it was not, it's magic. Isn't this like very like first step, second step, etc. Upwards learning curve. It's just not like that. We were talking about moments like that, but that's not the full picture. Like, I don't know that I just wanted to go on a little bit of a rant on like, being careful that level up moments do not define you, I guess, is the conclusion of my TED talk. Thanks. I, I think I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, I think, I think if you are someone that is interested in doing like the big thing, right. Where it's like, my goal is to get to, we'll say the PT, right. My goal is to play the PT. That shouldn't be your only rung. I think I like when you were saying like, make smaller steps for you. And then, but like do things that will get you to that PT goal, right? Like, you know, that if you want to be on the PT, you have to play in qualifiers, but don't say like, I'm going to win a qualifier. Like that shouldn't be your goal. You should be like, I'm going to play in these things. I'm going to pre prepare for them. And then like, that's like what I always do is like, I get a little disappointed when I, when I don't do well in these events, but as long as I put in the work, I play tested my deck. I did, you know, I learned matchups. I, I, I practiced. And if I just like, if like, that's like what happened this weekend, right? I like learned how to, like, I, I practiced a lot with Jund. I, I like, I honed my list. I wanted to like figure out the matchups and stuff like that. I felt like my list was pretty good and it just like didn't work out. It's like, well, I put in the work and I just like, didn't like, I didn't win the SCG event this weekend. Okay. 
well, my next goal is to, you know, requalify to play in the next one in, in season two. And so like, that means back to the beginning, play some of the SCG weekly events, play a deck that I think is good. You know, if it's not good, figure out what is. If it is good, figure out how to fix it so it's better. Will I, you know, like, and then try to win the SCG event. That's like the ultimate goal, but is it going to happen? Well, not maybe, but the the smaller thing is put in the put in the small work and then try to get there. And even then a little bit is is sometimes we're so focused on reaching a goal, we think that goal is the level up, but there's stuff that is revealed to us uh, as we're going towards a goal that in hindsight, or that as we look back on something, we go, oh, wow, I there was something about something that I learned while I was attempting to get to my goal that was the actual thing that leveled me up. The, the thing that got me to be better at the game as opposed to simply saying, if I get to this point, I will have leveled up. You know, I yeah. will have gotten better at the game. Well, you might miss the small things, right? It's like maybe say, say everything works and you get to the PT and then you go back and they're like, well, how'd you get here? And you're like, I won this, these games. And you're like, how'd you win them? I don't know, I, I, I did. Right? Like, maybe you missed the maybe you missed an actual level up moment. Maybe, maybe you missed something on the along the way, and you didn't actually learn anything. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. But that's that's the whole point about it is to get better at the game. Is to look back and you know even regardless of whether we won an event or we you know went zero and three or whatever it was, if there was something we learned about it, uh, then we did get better at the game in some way, shape, or form. Which is why we always like to talk about what we're trying to do to get better at the game this week. And so. Uh, Per Caroline's wonderful directive, I don't want to know what you're doing to level up this week. I don't know. I don't want to see you have these like lofty level up goals, but I do want to know what you're trying to do to get better this week. And to start off, Sean, what are you doing to get better at the game this week? I am going to be playing some historic this week. I'll be grinding for a top 1200 this year, or not this year, this month. Um, I grinded for Mythic a couple months ago. That was the first time I had ever grinded for Mythic. I'm going to go for top 1200 this month, hoping to hit it. And then on Sunday, I'm going to be getting better at casting magic as well. Because I'm going to be casting the uh, Arena Community Cup, which is also historic, so come hang out. I like it. And Caroline, what are you doing? Uh, this week is a lot. Um, so we're coming to the end of June. I'm trying to decide, do I put time into laddering? I have like three different tournaments on Saturday that I can play and I have to decide which ones I'm going to play in. I also have a really big tournament coming up the following weekend, which I assume at some point I should practice for. It's new standard. I hate new standard. I'm a big net deck decker. I Someone give me a deck list. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best to, to try me, to help you with that. Something tells me Sean will have a really great blue-white deck for you. The thing I'm doing to get better at Magic this week is not panicking. I'm definitely not panicking. <laughs> um, but I am casting on Sunday as well. So I don't know. I'm playing Magic. That's what I'm doing. Nice. Conan Hawk, how about you? Uh, I'll be brewing. Uh, M21 is coming out. And there's a couple of cards. I did want to mention them so that I have audio evidence that I think there's two uncommons that might be might be like better than than they they think they are. Um, one of them is Angelic Ascension, and another one's Archfiend's Vessel. Uh, if you are on your computer, you can look them up. But otherwise, they're they're going to be sweet. You can check out. You know, you can check me out playing them. And I don't know. I mean, like that's like something that I'm I I haven't done in a long time. Is is brew? I do at the beginning of a set, but I I really kind of what 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 Caroline does, where it's like you know 
I kind of panic and I just like throw a bunch of things at the wall and see what sticks. And then after a week, I'm just playing whatever the best deck is with creatures in it. That's usually my my qualifications. Um, but I think I think like I this time I'm gonna I'm gonna try out the. I think these cards are great, and I'm going to figure out where they fit, and I'm going to make them work, and uh, I'll give it my best shot, and we'll see how it goes. I like it. Toss me any deck list that you have so that I can at least, uh, you know, I, I, I can take care of that for you, Eric. I can just play it and be like, no, I lost four times. This deck's terrible. And I realize, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, the deck's pretty good, but hey, you know, I got stuff to learn about it. Uh, Brasky, my decks all all have creatures in them. I just want you to know that. Ah, well, that's yeah, a bad a start. Yeah, like there might be like four ovens. Those are spells, I guess. Like in the, the, they're not even instants and sorceries; they're actually permanents. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's so true. Well, for me, I'm just going to be enjoying the set release. I'm going to be, uh, you know, playing some sealed events online, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, and as well, just trying to put together taking Caroline's advice, which I've never thought about uh, of doing the wild card thing. That's gonna I'm gonna like make a post-it note and put that on my monitor, just so it's like. <laughs> Not even like on the frame of the monitor. It's just like this gigantic post-it note the size of my monitor telling me to craft all the wild cards. That's what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> and then brewing some type of terrible Grixis deck. That's what I'm going to be. That's what, that's what I will be attempting this week in Magic the Gathering. And we want to know what y'all are going to be doing. What are, you, what are the decks that you're going to be playing? What have, what have you folks been brewing yourselves? You know, show us the, the ideas that you have for M21. And then also show us uh, your level up moments. Let us know what was a big moment for you that you leveled up that took you to that next step as a player in the game. And of course, you can let us know on Twitter at Swagoi Gaming. S-W-A-G-O-I Gaming is where you can find us on Twitter. And of course, you can interact with any of these other wonderful participants of the podcast by finding them around the interwebs. And I would like to know where people can find you on the interwebs. Caroline, how about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mylinguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y. L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash TheMightyLinguini. And you can find me on Instagram at TheMightyLinguini. I'm not streaming tomorrow, but I will be streaming Thursday. Fantastic. Conan Hawk, how about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at Conan Hawk. You can also find me Monday through Friday on twitch.tv slash Conan Hawk. However, um, like we mentioned earlier, I will not be streaming tomorrow's preview event i will be instead hanging out with my community on discord uh doing the preview event there and then hopefully fingers crossed i'll have a little bit more to add to the segment uh with a youtube channel i've i have one i just haven't used it in months and uh i'm gonna try to get more content on there so i'll, I'll probably start with the m21 preview event nice i like it and sean how about you yeah you can find me on twitch.tv slash mr toolshed and on twitter at mr toolshed I won't be streaming tomorrow, but I'll be picking it back up Thursday. I will be streaming to my personal Discord. If you want to come hang out, I mean, I don't know. We'll probably battle as well. But, yeah, nothing too serious. But come check us out Sunday uh, on the Mythic Society as well. Absolutely. Check out that Mythic Society event this weekend. And, of course, if you want to find anything I do, you can find me on Twitter. And never really on Twitch, but sometimes, maybe someday, I will get back to streaming on Twitch. But you can find me at both places, at Brasky1142. And we would like to know where we can find you. But to do that, you have to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Twitter, and, of course, listen to us next week. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.